This is the Real Estate Foundation, your show for massive action with proven results. Raise your life and your legacy with real estate. If you're not using retirement funds to invest in real estate, you're leaving capital on the table. With a self-directed IRA from Advanta IRA, retirement funds can be used to invest in rental properties, rehab projects, private loans, multifamily syndications, and much more. Advanta's IRA's dedicated one-on-one account managers make the investing process fast, easy, and reliable for you and your investors. Plus, if you're self-employed, Advanta IRA offers a low-cost QRP or solo 401k plan so you can maximize retirement savings, invest in real estate, and avoid UBIT tax. If you're raising capital or have a network of passive investors, Advanta IRA can help you unlock the trillions of dollars that sit in retirement accounts. Whether it's that fixer up or down the street or a large multifamily property, make sure you or your investors never miss out on another investment opportunity. Go to AdvantaIRA.com backslash REI today to learn more. That's AdvantaIRA.com backslash REI. All right. Hey, Real Estate Foundation. Thanks for checking back in with us. We're super excited because today we have back with us MC Laubscher, the Cashflow Ninja. Hey, MC, how you doing? Doing fantastic and so great to see you guys again. Always have fun with you. Yeah, so we were actually down with MC in Trenton, New Jersey at PodMax just a few days ago. Awesome event. Uh, so On Air Brands put on this thing where they brought a lot of great podcasters into the same room. Somehow, myself got in- invited <laughs> so, somehow for that point, but we had awesome guests there. MC was there. He was doing his show. We had a number of great guests. We were able to interview five or six uh, awesome podcasts. Super day. We're going to do another one coming up, but we want to get back on because beyond that, we have MC speaking at our October 20th. 12th multifamily workshop. Again, multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com. You can go there and it's going to be an awesome one day workshop all about multifamily, all about cash flow, all about how to build out your business. And we're psyched to have MC talk a bit about what we're going to talk on a, on a high level there that day, but really the four pillars that he's learned from all the successful podcasts he's done over the last course of the year. But before we get into that, MC, thanks for coming back on. Can you give us just an overview for the listeners? And we're going to link in the show notes, the past episode, but give us an overview for who you are, of course, and what you do. Absolutely. So MC Lobster, originally from from South Africa, that's why it's not a Pennsylvanian accent, although I reside in, in Newtown, Pennsylvania with my, with my family, my lovely wife, Megan, and our two kids, uh, Christian and Josephine. Um, I'm the creator and host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast and also the Cashflow Investing Secrets podcast. We're, uh, on the Cashflow Ninja show, we interview folks that share how to create cash flow in the new economy through many different ways, whether it be real estate, commodities, uh, businesses, paper assets. We also covered some crypto and blockchain cash flow strategies. Um, and in, in the Cashflow Investing Secrets show, I share one concept or idea at a time that I've learned from all of these folks. And I know we're going to jump into that today. And then I'm also the president and of, of Producers Wealth, a wealth creation firm that helps clients um, in over 45 states. We have the ability to do uh, 50 states, um, but we help them with strategy of how to create, protect, and multiply their wealth uh, in any economy. 
awesome. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you back on. Of course, go over, check out the Cashflow Ninja podcast. Awesome. He's got it now and check out Cashflow Secrets. And we're excited to talk about through all the interviews you've done, through everything that you, you've had, all the exposure through all, so many successful people across so many different classes of business. You know, as you talked about, you got, you got blockchain, you got, you got real estate, you got finance, every different component. You, you say there's four pillars that have stood out that have been keys to success. Let's dive in. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, one of the things that I sat down and uh, reflected, and I take a lot of notes when I interview folks, and the one day it just kind of hit me because we talk about different capital too, right? Intellectual capital, mental capital, you know, uh, financial capital, relationship capital, all these different capitals in our, in our world. And then I thought to myself and I'm like, man, these people are in the business of multiplying capital, all forms of capital, but that's essentially what it is. So how do I break down how do they multiply the, the, these capitals? So I came up with the four, the four pillars, and it's sort of like the CC times four, as I call it, because there's a lot of Cs involved. But the first one is cash creation. And cash creation is basically every single person that I've had, a successful person that I've had on my show, is they have the ability to create cash. Now, how do we create cash? You know, And the way that we do it is through value exchange, because money is just simply a tool. So it's folks that produce and create value for the market or for the world and in exchange, then they get money. So they've created that cash. So some of the things under cash creation, because people would say, well, technically, you know, what are some of the things that you learn there? Well, obviously the mindset of abundance is pretty big. A lot of the folks that I have on my show, they have an abundant mindset where they are not fighting over a small pizza pie. They're trying just to get a bigger and bigger pizza pie, right? Mm. They see an abundance of opportunities. You know, one, one guest was even joking and saying, you know, MC, are you a Star Trek fan? Or were you a Star Trek fan? I said, well, I, I watched the show. He's like, remember when those guys were on the spaceship and they were talking through these daily screens to each other? He said, we're living in a time right now where not only do we have the te same technology, basically, as those guys on this was a Starship Enterprise. But anyway, talking through telescreens, but it's free. Yeah. <laughs> Let that stop, I'm going to stop you right there, MC. Yeah. I love you even more for just mentioning Star Trek. <laughs> I'm just going to mention that. Because I was just thinking about that. I was like, oh, my goodness. We live in, live in Star Trek. Yes. Without the Enterprise, but we basically live in Star Trek. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the abundance mindset, and then obviously uh, the other things that come into play then is the development of your knowledge base, right? Your intellectual capital um, or around that, around that and, and skill sets to tie into the mindset. So high income skill set is what we've spoken about quite a bit. And a high income skill set is uh, a level of expertise or mastery of a certain specific skill set that solves a very big problem for someone. Someone that's a heart surgeon spent a lot of years for to, uh, to, to get that high income skill set because it's a big problem that he's solving and providing value for someone with. That's why it's so valuable. You know, so high income skill sets could be sales and marketing. We're always going to need, need the ability to find people that we want to serve and then also the ability to, 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 to sell those products or services to them. Mm -hmm. um, network is also a big one under, underneath that because essentially you, the relationships that you have and then your mindset and the, the, the high income skill set and the skill sets that you have, all of that kind of combined, you know, is going to 
allow you to produce value for the world. So that's the first part. And then we all create cash in a different way. So for example, you know, some folks love their jobs. They're very good at it. That's a driver for them. That's how they create cash. Some people start a business. Some people buy a business. Some people buy a franchise. Some people start, uh, you know, join an MLM or a network marketing company. There's so many different ways that is each unique to us all of how we can create cash. So, this isn't, by the way, uh, an area where a lot of folks have uh, challenges with. There's a lot of just creators out there. Look at all these people doing fantastic things. The next step or puller is cash capture. Yeah, two more Cs. Got a lot of Cs coming for you guys. Um, cash capture involves now that we've made money, we need to find a way to protect the money that we've made. And uh, what I mean by a lot of people struggling with this point is we all go from making money to then all of a sudden just investing or speculating. The majority of folks do it that way, right? They make money, they hand it over to Wall Street, it's in mutual funds, and now you know, we're quote-unquote investing or speculating. But we haven't, we've missed a vital step of that protection, the level of protection. So what I would put in into that level of protection of number one would be, okay, where do we warehouse our cash? Where's a place that we can actually put our money that is quote unquote, as safe as can be guarantees contractually guaranteed. Okay. And then allows also all many other different things. So there's different ways where folks have warehoused their, their wealth. Right. Um, I would say, one of the big things for me when researching this and studying, and obviously we, we, we do the infinite banking strategy, which is essentially doing the same thing, but it collateralizes assets. So people have, where, do, where have they warehouse wealth? You know, in the middle ages or even earlier than that, it was usually land, it was real estate, castles, right? Art, gold, silver has been money for centuries. You know, uh, banks of light, stock accounts have been one, insurance. So we looked at all those different things and there's many different strategies are employed and there's a combination of them too. I'll give an example, you know, so for me personally, one that stands out obviously is the insurance strategy with, with infinite banking, but there's also a strategy where you can collateralize, for example, gold and silver to leverage that to acquire another asset. And that's essentially what collateralization is, is using one asset to acquire another asset. So that ties into where you warehouse it efficiently and protect it also from taxes, creditors, inflation, you know, all the fun stuff that, that, that steals our wealth. Mm. Um, the other thing that I would also put underneath there is um, cash flow recovery, which falls under cash capture because there's a lot of money that we are unknowingly losing every month and we, we don't really think about it because we're so focused like most folks just on the 10% of our money that's out there that we're trying to multiply. What I've learned from very wealthy folks and especially in the family offices, they are pros at this is they look at everything. They look at your entire economy, your entire personal economy, your entire business economy. And they say, am I overpaying for taxes? Can I reduce my taxes? Right? Because for most people, especially uh, with family offices, especially, but in general, most people, the biggest return that you could possibly get on your money is cutting your taxes in half. Yeah, true. 
<laughs> you know, so we're so focused on like, I got to save 10% and then I got to try and triple or quadruple that 10% of money to get a massive return, where if you cut down your taxes on the front end, no return is going to beat that for you. Um, so that's what I mean by cash capture. And then there's other very low hanging fruit. We have insurances that overlap. Um, there's, we're overpaying for certain things in certain areas. Huh. So there's ways of doing that. Um, I'll pause for a second before I get into the other two, if you guys have anything to add or any questions on those. Everything's so amazing and exciting. I mean, we're just listening in. No, so, and I'm falling back. So right now we're starting with the cash creation, which of course is our pinnacle movement, right? Yes. And yeah. so on that point, we, we focus so much on cash creation, but then we get so involved in our, <clears throat> in our lives that we don't really focus on where the capture is, right? So yep. lost in the cycle of, okay, I'm taking all this money in. And, and then so my best resource is potentially just giving it to Wall Street and letting them invest, even though I'm calling it investing. It's not truly me investing because I'm just really putting my future future and really my potential retirement, potential anything in someone else's hands because I'm not choosing the warehouse facility of what I'm doing. And so I'm not really giving myself the ability to collateralize assets and not looking at it from an economical overview of my personal, my business, like a lot of family offices are, right? So the family office yeah. looking at, okay, what is the return on each my personal and each my business? What, what is happening? And like you said, taxes are the biggest killer, right? So if the tax are chewing up, you know, a third or more of your actual income each year, what are you doing to be able to protect that? Maybe you're buying some other assets and give you some cost segregation just, just to increase your write-offs or maybe you're giving you right. something else here that you can fight down that tax bill so you're not ultimately just getting killed on taxes and you're actually really eliminating taxes legally because the IRS gives you these options that you have these advantages to doing things like real estate, which we, we all play in, that gives you that option. So yeah, yeah exciting. That's my recap. Um, that's, and, a great, that's a great recap because just think about it this way too. Like you mentioned, if you reduce your taxes and you found, like in some cases, there's people spending thousands of dollars that they're unknowingly losing that hmm. they could be keeping to invest you pay a six-figure tax bill, you cut that in half and then recapture a thousand, two thousand dollars per month in your personal and your business. Now all of a sudden that money can be rolled into the third pillar, which we'll get into a second. Yeah, and you think about it from a simple point, right? Like so people are like, you know, I just can't even get enough money set up for something like vacation, right? Because I'm and mm -hmm. I'm making fifty thousand dollars a year. Maybe I'm gonna get a three percent increase in my salary every year. Um, and so say I'm getting twenty five or thirty percent off the top. So that's taking me down. 12,000 to 15,000, right? But maybe yep. you're able to find a way that you can reduce your taxes in some point write-offs or other points that are, are basically in the IRS code and you cut yourself off three or 4,000. Well, there you go right there. You can put something away for either your kids or you get you know, for that family vacation you want to set up. Now you've done it without actually having to increase your income. So just to give our listeners out there an actual step, how can they go about cutting their taxes? Like what's an actionable step that they could take right now to go about doing that? Yes. And I just for just wanted to put it out there. I'm not a CPA or a tax strategist. I've played one on TV before. Just kidding. <laughs> but I'm not. <laughs> um, but for example, on taxes, there's certain investments, as Jason was saying, too, that allows you to legally uh, reduce your taxes, number one. So, you know, land conservation easements is one for that even W-2s can participate in. There's some energy investments, oil and gas, cleaner energy, that there's a lot of tax favorable treatment for those. 
Um, and then for business owners, there's a ton of it. You know, there's been a lot of changes in the tax law. So for your listeners, I would highly, highly recommend sitting down. If you haven't sat down with the CPA, if it's been a while, just go sit down with them because you'd be surprised how many different things there are available for business owners and then also for W-2 employees um, that, that they can do. So that's from a tax standpoint. You know, I'll give you low-hanging fruit, for example, on other tax recovery strategies. So insurance is, is a big one, right? Disability insurance, especially for high-income earners, is a big one. Um, just by raising an elimination period, for example, in disability insurance, uh, up to one, 180 days, uh, because you've got money now in in a in a, another policy, a savings vehicle, six to twelve months of of liquid savings that you can actually live from if needed to, if something happens to you, raising that up to one hundred and eighty days now could save you hundreds or in some cases thousands of dollars per year. Hmm. So that's just that's what I mean. And there's a lot of little things that you can do when you go through all of that. Here's a very low-hanging fruit one that I actually did at the end of last year, which is quite embarrassing, but I like to embarrass myself from time to time. But um, if you just look at the, all of the subscriptions that we have online that we oh, yeah. don't use, right there's a couple of hundred bucks, especially for business owners. Oh my goodness. I went through, and there's apps that can help you find them, but I went through, just combed through all of my stuff, and I'm like, Oh man, you know, it's, it's kind of crazy. So for business owners, there's one. And then also because things are changing so rapidly in technology, I merged like I had one, uh, for example, app that I switched over that I now could merge basically five or six basically is now in one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so there's little, little things like that, um, that you can do. And again, I don't want to make this sound like, you know, sound like the guy that tells you to cut lat lattes, don't cut your lattes. Mm -hmm. But there's just, it's just efficiencies, you know, of money that could be kept in your, your own economy to be deployed to help get you closer to the life of freedom that you desire than, than, than taking that away. If you like massages and lattes, trust me, if they, those things enable you to produce better, or, or, or to be more productive or to pr pr provide more value. Don't cut those things out. It's little things that are just um, slipping through your own economy or your business economy that, 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 that you're not even using. And so you're talking directly to me. Yeah. I love lattes and I love massages, but I <laughs> personally need to like on a regular basis, I like every six months, go through the bank statements, go yeah. through, go through everything and make sure, make sure the things you're paying for you're using. And if you're not yeah. using it, mm. just cut it. Yes. And if you miss it, then bring it back again. But just cut it out of your life now. And you Thank pretty you much that. generally never miss it. So Yes. <laughs> so we have number three. What's number yes. three on our list? Uh, cash flow creation. Love so it. the first two, we've got cash capture, which, in, which basically um, puts you as your number one and great, greatest assets in control. And a lot of the investment is there. A lot of the investments is in your business to generate it. Then we've got to protect our money in the step two and step three. It's now we're deploying it and multiplying it. And that's why we look for cash flow creation. Um, and this is right in your wheelhouse. You know, people would say, where do I start? Where do I, where, where do I start with cash flow? One of the things that, and I actually interviewed, you mentioned the, uh, the event at PodMax. I actually 
uh, interviewed someone there what was a perfect example where they started around their own knowledge base of what they know. This particular gentleman was in the orthodontic space. That's what he knows. That's where his knowledge base is. His skill set is there. His network is there. Like all of these things are coming together and that's, and he created a, 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 an income stream right there. And then he created a symbiotic, a second and a third income stream right there where he's strong with, you know, again, his knowledge base, his network and his skill sets. And then he was looking for real estate as he was doing all of that. He was in, uh, educating himself in real estate. He was very interested in real estate and he started passively and actively investing in real estate. And then he started, you know, to, to snowball that. So the lesson I think for your listeners, and this is something that I guess on my show was talking about as well, is that sometimes we start to create an, an income stream, a cash flow stream, but we go and we start in an area that we don't know anything about. <laughs> you know, we don't have the skill sets, we don't have the networks, any of that stuff. And then it doesn't work out. It's a complete, complete train wreck. And then all of a sudden we go, well, this doesn't work, right? Yeah. I don't like this. This doesn't work. Yada, yada, yada. We've all heard that kind of stuff before where if they stayed where they were strong, looked in, look, look at, look at starting something around all of those strengths um, instead of the, the, the unknown, that would have been better. So, and obviously this is where there's an art and a science to financial freedom. This is where the art comes in because we're all different. We all have different skill sets. We all have different backgrounds. You know, for one person, they love real estate, right? They're, 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 and most of your listeners do. And then there's another person that they know the art world. And art is, uh, is phenomenal to them. I interviewed someone on my show like that. He is creating a lot of good cash flow from art. And then this was an interesting one. I interviewed someone that invests in Broadway shows because he's, him and his wife, they were actors. And in that space, they know everyone. They know the folks that are involved in, in that space. They know the people that write scripts. They, they know the business. So they can be like, that is a good shot. That's not going to do anything. I that actually listened to that episode. Yeah. And I, I actually was thinking about it because Peely, you know, she's big in yeah. theater. And yeah. so she's doing theater. I was like, this is a great episode. But it was spot on. that, And he was using those proceeds really to transcend with the, what he was doing for real estate. And it was just really interesting how he was doing both parallel businesses. But, just, yeah. but again, he was using what he knew in his space, right? Exactly. And now it's like, so it was not like, it was not like, hey, he's in theater and he's going to go open up an Amazon dropshipping business. You know, like, and he's like, yeah, oh, this doesn't work because I, I don't know, Amazon, I lost money. Well, yeah. what business do you have to do in this business? You know, and our, it, our need for immediate gratification, especially with all these, you know, everything is like that rising star, right? You get something on Instagram, you have this million dollar thing that's working for this person right away, but we don't get the, you know, it's like the band that's out there and like all of a sudden it's successful and you know, you miss like the 15 years of them traveling, you know, around like a circus trying to like get like no, just yep. working for beer kind of thing, you know? And yep. so you miss that whole evolution. And so we just assume it's going to happen right away. And when it doesn't, we just say, Oh, this doesn't work. Right. It, it's so true. So this is the one thing that the media has. So the financial media has so wrong, the over essentialization, if that's even a word of like a lot of these success stories. Right. So, Apple, Steve, now it's just that mystique. And oh my goodness, he started this company. But these guys were working, that, that, that started, Apple started as a side hustle in a garage. 
they were working, I think Steve Job, uh, he was at Atari and Steve Wozniak was at IBM working during the day. And then after hours, these guys were like, you know, in the garage coding and trying to create something which they didn't even know if, what, if it was going to work. But now obviously he's a genius and it's very over centralized and uh, it's just like, hey, quit your job, become a billionaire. This, this. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> it, do, it doesn't quite work that way. <laughs> Again, just to like repeat what you said, basically for our listeners out there, do what you know how to do first. By all means, live, grow, get into other spaces. But if you know art, do art. If you know theater, do theater. If you know computers, then do computers. But yep. do what you know first. And you can expand from there once. And it's like, I think lots of times we try and open up 10 different paths and I've been guilty of it too. We try and open up 10 different things at the same time and not really, you know, it's like the, the, whatever the, the master of none, you know, so a philosophy yeah. doing all these different things, but you haven't really corely focused on any of them to be really good at one of them to let everything else build off of it. And so sometimes we get lost in this thing where I'm trying all these things with nothing's working, but you haven't really gone it all in or being, or become proficient with any of them to start. So when you're creating these cash flow concepts, well, none of them are cash flowing because they're just a bunch of random activities that have no purpose because you're just trying something. Yeah, you're just throwing everything at the wall and hoping that it sticks, right? And the other thing that I've also seen in some of the stories of folks that I interview is that they start, like you said, with within their unique ability and their strength. And how do they transition to other stuff? And I believe it was the same gentleman with the Broadway uh, success investing that was partnering with Cashflow Ninjas in real estate as he was learning the business, partnering with them, and then learning the business from them. And eventually they became, you know, they mastered that skill set or that art. So then they became a real estate investor and now they have complementary stuff. So they didn't just jump straight into the real estate, but they took it kind of step by step, learn the process, found mentors, built their network with through meetups and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah. I think we have number four. Yes. Number four is Cash control, two more oh, good. I was going to say, if we didn't end this with four, we didn't end this with Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the four Cs, four times CC or CC times four. So under the control thing is um, one of the things that I've learned too is that especially the wealthy folks, they're not so much focused on the ownership of everything, but they control everything. So what do I mean? Asset protection and proper estate planning, having all of those things in line and in check. So a tax strategy could fall underneath that too, as well as, as cash capture, you might argue, because you want to have control over uncontrollable variables like taxes, for example. But I think the control side is, you, even if you have those three pillars, a lot of people neglect the four, right? Uh, you could just look at the statistics of how many Americans don't have uh, wills or yeah. uh, living, you know, just medical directives or power of return, very basic stuff. But if you take it up another level from the, the very wealthy folks is, you know, they don't necessarily want to, to own anything. They control it. If you look them up, they might not look like a cash flow ninja at all um, because they don't own anything, but they control everything through their trust and through proper um, asset protection strategies, which is a very, very powerful lesson that I learned. I think it's, you know, a lot of us, if, if you grow up, you know, in a middle-class family or, you know, just consume a lot of financial 
media and information that's out there. It's all about, you know, owning this and I want to buy this and I want to buy that and do this and that where a lot of these wealthy folks are like, no, I don't want to necessarily own it. I don't need it to be in my name, but I can control it as the person that controls the trust, controls the estate, controls all of these entities. Um, and I think that is a very important and powerful one, especially in the world that we live in, um, in the world that we will continue to live in. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So recap here, four pillars. And if you think this is awesome, wait for the workshop because he's going to bring some cash flow creation opportunities that day. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. Besides drop shipping from Amazon, not, that's not going to be on the list. <laughs> but four pillars, cash creation, cash capture, cash flow creation, and cash control. Ideally, you have to have your master mindset of abundance, creating your cash flow, just or creating your cash in the beginning. You have to yep. you have to really stop limiting yourself and stop trying to all have us all just in a small pond and realize there's a large ocean out there that we can all have the opportunity to be really find money. The the capture here is just having the right warehouse facility to really just give us the opportunity to to grow our wealth. And then creation, cash flow creation is staying in your space, understanding what your space is, so you can grow from there. And then lastly, control. What, what is your plan for the future? Because you have to have an ultimate plan for the future that you can build into your practices today. Absolutely. Here's, here's a bonus one for you too, to add to those four is in every four levels of those stages, there's, there's also a different mindset and skill sets required. So in the first one with cash creation, you've got to be a hustler. We've all heard mm -hmm. hustling, right? You have to be very entrepreneurial. And the second one, cash capture, you have to be a good manager. You have to start thinking like a manager and putting this all together. Uh, from a cash flow creation standpoint, you have to be a pretty good CEO and decision making because now you're managing and basically running a company. And then from a cash control standpoint, you have to be a good steward because hmm. you're, you're in, in charge of this, this entire estate or trust and you're stewarding this, this capital uh, to not only for, for, to your own uh, benefit, but for the benefit of others that follow behind you. Love it. That is awesome. That is awesome right there. So ideally here, cash creation, as you said, good hustler, cash catcher, good manager. We have cash flow creation. You need to be your CEO of, of your life. And then lastly, be the steward taking control. Super awesome, MC. Thank for, you so much for everything, MC. For everyone that wants to find out more about Cashflow Ninja, where do we find you? CashflowNinja.com. And we also have uh, a webinar with more of this information and stuff. If folks yeah. are interested, uh, YourOwnBankingSystem.com. Awesome. Nice. And of course, Cashflow Ninja, you find it on all the available platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, all the things that are out there. Uh, he's got great video content coming up on YouTube. You go over to Instagram. He's got a great Instagram uh, channel pushing out some awesome content. So MC, super excited for October 12th, Saturday, October 12th. Again, we're going to have MC there doing his thing, crushing it. Come say hi, come meet him. Multifamilyfoundationworkshop.com. Thank you so much to all the listeners. Have a great day. Bye now. If you're not using retirement funds to invest in real estate, you're leaving capital on the table. With a self-directed IRA from Advanta IRA, retirement funds can be used to invest in rental properties, rehab projects, private loans, multifamily syndications, and much more. Advanta's IRA's dedicated one-on-one -on -one account managers make the investing process fast, 
easy and reliable for you and your investors. Plus, if you're self-employed, Advanta IRA offers a low-cost QRP or solo 401k plan so you can maximize retirement savings, invest in real estate, and avoid UBIT tax. If you're raising capital or have a network of passive investors, Advanta IRA can help you unlock the trillions of dollars that sit in retirement accounts. Whether it's that fixer up or down the street or a large multifamily property, make sure you or your investors never miss out on another investment opportunity. Go to AdvantaIRA.com backslash REI today to learn more. That's AdvantaIRA.com backslash REI. Mm-hmm.